The EduTech Guys present the following conversation recorded live at ISTE 2022 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Enjoy the show. This episode sponsored by Coder Z. We believe STEM and computer science education are essential for the future and should be universally available to all kids. So we built a gamified coding platform that makes it easy for anyone to learn and teach using robots to bring the subject matter to life. Coder Z, we're passionate about creating educational impact. Hey, welcome back to ISTE 2022 Live. We're yeah. here with uh, with someone in the seat, and we're excited to have them here. We're going to let her tell us who she is and what she does and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hi, I am Ashlyn Schindler-Coda. I am with Coder Z, a virtual coding and robotics platform, and I am our director of strategic partnerships. Uh, and before that, I was a science teacher, a high school science teacher for eight years. So fun, fun. I'm always very excited to tell everyone anything and anything about uh, obscure science facts. Cool. So I have to ask, so what, what, what brought you to Coder Z? Then we'll get what brought you to ISTE. So what, what took you to Coder Z? So um, the opportunity to impact students on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. um, great stuff for kids has always been my objective. And that's what Coder Z is. It's great stuff for kids. It is overcoming hurdles. It's helping educators get over those hurdles. Um, barriers to robotics are numerous and difficult. So having opportunities and support to make it less scary, right? Teachers hear coding a lot of times and they get scared. Mm -hmm. Some, it sounds scary, it sounds technical, it's not something they're familiar with. So they very much so get this perception that it's not something that they're going to be able to do. But with facilitation and support, deep, rich curriculum that's aligned to standards, uh, NGSS standards and CSTA standards, it's something that makes it very possible to do something that you're not necessarily familiar with in your own classroom. And at the end of the day, those standards are really looking for building problem-solving skills in students. And so that's what we do. We give them problems. They have obstacles that they have to get their robots through using various sensors. Mm -hmm. And after they get through, as they get through those obstacles, mm -hmm. they then, uh, they get points, they go. And so there's not just one solution. They have to use their, use their brains, use their critical thinking, use that kind of uh, grit to overcome that obstacle and continue on, even if they get the wrong answer. And that's the other thing about it is in the, our platform, they get that immediate feedback. They do that code, they run the code, their virtual robot does what it does, and if their virtual robot falls off into the ocean, it's okay because that virtual robot didn't cost that teacher $300 that they right. wrote in grant funds that they're never gonna get back. Right. So. Well, and that's one of the things I'm so glad that you that you touch on that because that that was exactly where I was going. Was you know you, you mentioned now a couple of times this is a virtual robotics environment. So let's talk more about that because I know uh, in, in in our experience and when you start talking about robotics, that's exactly the first thing people are thinking is the stuff, the pieces, the parts that we can now have to buy and invest in. And like you said, you know, if the kid drops it off in a cup of water, oops, now that's all gone. So let's talk about that virtual environment. Absolutely. So our virtual environment, um, I know that gamification has really been a hot thing in education for a long time because obviously it works, right? Um, you want your kids excited about what they're doing in your classroom. You want your students to 
be looking forward to walking in your door. And so providing opportunities where it feels like a video game, but at the same time you're scaffolding it with the appropriate teacher materials provided by CoderZ's curriculum, that one makes it easier for you. And then you can also really focus on the differentiation and all of the other million things that are out there to support your students that need it and also provide that opportunity for students who are maybe more advanced to take it as far as they want to go. So that's the, really the beauty of the platform is that it has that flexibility and it's really built with educators in mind. Um, obviously I'm a, for, I'm a former educator myself. The company hires educators because they know what we need. I know what I would have loved to have in my classroom for my students yeah. and it was always so hard to go out and find it. Um, so having a platform that is there and makes it simple and easy uh, and supports you in that way so that come Sunday night, you don't know what you're going to do. You go on Coder Z, you pull your lesson, and you've got your things ready to go. You've got your PowerPoint to run through it. You've got the extension activities. You've got your adaptations for your students. And you've got a really wonderful lesson that your students cannot wait to do. Yeah. And they have to build those essential skills yeah. that are going to take them on those STEM pathways post-secondary. Yeah. Whoops, I learned something. I know, right? <laughs> My hand slipped. I'm smarter. So, uh oh this was good for you. <laughs> oh, no, you tricked me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm learning. So uh, let's, speak to, um, let's speak to the experience virtually for the students that involve this. Like from the moment they, they log on the first time, what's that like for a student building the robots and things like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So the robots are, are assembled. So you don't, you're not building the robot. But... You get introduced to the robot, okay. and each level of our curriculum, so we have eight courses total, and they all kind of accelerate and level. They're aligned to different parts of the standards so mm -hmm. that through the full curriculum pack, you can address all of those standards. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something else that I really like is that it doesn't, it's not necessarily, it's a wonderful thing that you can use to bolster what you're already doing, right? We're not asking teachers to quit doing what they're doing full time and just start doing Coder Z 24-7. We're saying here's a, something that can really augment what you're doing and help you spread your resources in a big way. Um, so the students log on, they've got their robot, they get to learn their robot, um, and then each level has a slightly different robot that comes with different sensors. So you'll start simple. Uh, we can start, as long as you can read, you can do it. So if you've got yourself a lovely little wonderkind that's reading at five, then your wonderkind can start on Coder Z tomorrow. Cool. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so they'll start, they'll get to learn the robot. Uh, the sensors will build as they go, and they'll identify in the lesson what sensors that they're going to be making use of and give kind of a little demo. Uh, so the students log on, they've got a kind of a typical Blockly code editor, mm -hmm. but what I really love about our Blockly code editor is that you have a simple toggle that will switch you over to the text base. Oh, cool. Oh. So while your students are doing their Blockly, you can say, check this out, switch it over and say, look what you just did. Yeah. You just wrote code. Yeah. I think that's something that's really important because so much of the time we look at Blockly coding as something that's just pull and drop mm -hmm. uh, or drag and click. Mm -hmm. And the students don't always necessarily kind of assembling blocks together, but in reality, it's a fairly simple jump from one to the other, as long as they're kind of consciously and intentionally building that connection. Mm -hmm. And so with Coder Z and the supportive curriculum that goes along with it, you, that's why the curriculum is so important and is what made me really love Coder Z, is because I knew that you can, you can have a hot new toy, but if you don't have the resources already created to go with it, mm -hmm. I know that at the time investment required to actually create those digital materials to support, it, it makes it very unlikely that you're actually going to use it 
um, with Fidelity and for a long period of time. So blog on, block coder, uh, drag and drop, you can toggle over. Uh, we start off in Java and then we do have uh, Python Jim, mm-hmm. uh, which you can start with Python. That's cool. Um, and Python Jim, I really love because that is where, like, if you've got students who are already very, very comfortable with coding, mm-hmm. that's a great place for them to go because it's super, super malleable and it is really open so that they can take it wherever they want to go. Nice. So there's your opportunity for your advanced students. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something interesting that I think is great. Um, in Ohio, at least, um, they, there is legislation where you can actually use. Uh, you have your four math credits that you're required to take in order to graduate high school, you can substitute one of those for a computer science course. Not everybody knows that. It's actually kind of unknown, which Mm -hmm. shocks me because what an opportunity to do what we want, we say we want in education, right? We want our kids that are equipped. We We want kids who aren't just good test takers. We want kids that are equipped to get creative and play and explore and see what's next right. before anybody else does. That's what we want out of our students. We need them to be prepared. We need to create those bridged bridges to the next step of their lives. And so opportunities for them to genuinely play and create in a way that is still reinforcing those really critical 21st century learning skills, mm-hmm. that's what we want. Yeah. So that's why I love Python Gym. Well, and, and you've touched on a, a couple of key points, uh, and I'm actually going to start with the second one. You're talking about in Ohio where they can take that as an extra math credit. There are some schools, we're based in Arkansas, there are some schools in Arkansas where they actually allow coding as a second, as their foreign language credit, Which as opposed is, to being you know kind of a math credit. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing it as a language credit because it is a language. It is, and so much of it too is uh, language acquisition. So with uh, coding, you know that there there was like 723 languages as as it currently stands. Um, the like international science sta- standard of measurement. Uh, so you have like centimeters and meters for volume and things like that. Uh, meters are not volume. Sorry, bad science teacher. Uh, <laughs> you can cut that out, right? Um, but they have their sta- international standards of units, um, and they have an international standard coding language, AVA or ADA. Mm-hmm. And that's what they base the uh, International Space Station off of, so that every computer engineer who is working in some conjunction with the International Space Station is using the same code language. But but so it's the language acquisition part of it that's so important. Um, we you we know that once you learn one language, it's just in general speaking language, it's really easy. You, it gets easier to learn another one, and then another one, and then another one. Right. Um, same thing with coding. You learn one, you learn another, and it just keeps going from there. And we worry so much about our students' ability to adapt to a future that is not necessarily guaranteed. We don't know what 50 years from now looks like. Right. We don't know what that technology looks like. Am I going to be a grandma that doesn't know how to turn on the hologram? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but are my grandkids who learn coding going to be able, or are my kids who learn coding now going to be able to adapt as new languages come out and new technologies come out that need languages built for them? Right. Absolutely. Because they built those early learning language skills in that coding environment with tools like CoderZ. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So let's talk about the upcoming league that's yes. coming up. And then let's talk about League in a Box. Oh, yeah. Our, 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 put that in order for us. Yeah, absolutely. Kay. So 
our league competition is kind of our it's kind of our baby. We love it, right? Yeah. Um, it's exciting. It's big. It's international, right? How often do you get to take your kids to an international competition and say you are currently competing against kids in Luxembourg and Ghana and Singapore? How often do you get to say that? Yeah, very very rarely. Yeah, those international connections are. It's so important for imbuing our students with a, a global perspective mm-hmm. and an understanding of what the world is outside of their own experience. Um, high schoolers, I know. I always was very forgiving with them and really intentionally tried to build that cognizance because their brains just aren't there yet, developmentally speaking. The, your, your prefrontal cortex lobe that deals with abstract thinking isn't quite developed until you're full about 25. So the ability to think and conceptualize of a human experience outside of your own is really difficult for your brain. It's just mm-hmm. hard at that point. So unless you're actively building that and intentionally bringing attention to it, uh, it's something that their neurons aren't going to necessarily connect. So by having them participate in a global competition against other students, yeah. it's the best. Um, yeah. So the structure of the team, uh, of the, the league, is that uh, you'll have a team of, I think, up to about six students and you will have a teacher or some sort of coach. So that can be anyone. It doesn't necessarily need to be school affiliated. It can be anyone. Maybe you are a parent in a neighborhood and you have five or six great kids who love coding and really, really, really want to do this. You can do that. Absolutely. There's nothing stopping you. And I encourage it. Uh, So you'll have your team. You'll create your team name, your team logo. You make yourself jerseys. You get a flag. <laughs> yeah. You get a bunch of neighbors to paint their bodies and your Got colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, so you go forward with the training camp. Training camp kind of just preps you for the challenges that are coming, so that you feel comfortable with the challenges that are asked of you. And it's all couched in again that big gamification element, mm-hmm. where you've got uh, like a battle battle bot, where they're bouncing balls back and forth and trying to knock things off of a platform like it genuinely is a game yeah and the the missions leading up to the challenge will be point based so you're trying to get as many points as you can Mm. uh and you can go at it multiple times to try and get higher and higher point ranges uh and then when you get to the challenge the challenges are are live and timed so that's when you have to work together as a team to really accomplish that purpose and do it in the most efficient time and maximize for points uh, it's something that I think that that really reinforces uh, in coding and computer science. They talk a lot about efficiency of code. Like, yes, you could write a script that's super, super, super long and does what you want it to do, but can you then take that and make it a little shorter? Do you actually need this block, whole block of code here? Mm-hmm. Could you take that out and have it accomplish the same purpose and maybe be a little lighter, a little faster? Mm-hmm. So teaching students to think about those parameters and have them not just get to the objective, but get to the objective given real constraints mm-hmm. um, really, really brings in that opportunity for the real world context that I think Coder Z does fabulously. Yeah, man, that is awesome. So, so, but, so then the extension of that being mm-hmm. the League in the Box, so, let's talk about that. Uh, the League in the Box is our, uh, a lot of, so the, the League has a defined time frame, mm-hmm. and we know schools. We know teaching. Sometimes that timing doesn't always necessarily work out for you. Maybe that week is state testing. Maybe you've got map testing that's coming up. Maybe there was, uh, there were a bunch of days off and you just didn't have the time to see your students in that time frame. And we don't want students to miss out because it doesn't fit their schedule. So League in a Box is an adaptive product that is available to districts to use to run their own league on their own scale. And it's completely and totally adaptable to their needs. So it's if you 
say you've got a, a grade level of kids and they have a, their teachers and everyone got super into coding this year. Why don't you try a league in the box? How about you use that as like a school competition between oh, that yeah. grade and you're, you've got, again, the school decorated in colors and you get an MC and you do a big like final event, yeah. make it fun, right? A lot of communities right now and schools are looking for events and opportunities that bring people back into exactly. the schools mm-hmm. to rebuild that community and that sense of that sense of uh, togetherness. Yep. So League in the Box is a really nice, easy to deliver. Um, we can adapt it on our end to anything you need and support you with marketing materials. That's where I come in. Um, I get to do all the, the fun, crazy ideas and so fun. whatnot. <laughs> I get really elaborate sometimes. You know, I like that. I like this concept because um, during the AD, after disease, <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic, um, we kind of didn't focus on kids the way we focused. We should focus mm-hmm. on kids. And now we have this place where the band kids and the football kids and all the extracurricular kids can still get together with the kids who don't actually do any of that mm-hmm. and now have this cool league and, you know, get to wear the shirts and get to decorate and have exactly. the banners. And That's really awesome. And I, forget the coding part of it. I know, it's right? Like, like, it's just <laughs> it, the, the sheer building of it and, that again, that opportunity to perform. Uh, I think student-athletes really get that opportunity, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons that I think student-athletes really yeah. get get prioritized and really you see positive benefits from mm-hmm. athletic operations at the uh, primary and secondary school level is because they are being put into those real world situations. They are being put under that performance pressure where mm-hmm. they have a task to accomplish and they have to accomplish it under certain parameters and overcome obstacles to get to it. Other student opportunities don't necessarily have that same opportunity. Right. So by bringing in a league in a box, you are bringing the benefits of those kind of team sports. And it truly is a team effort. And that's something that I really want to emphasize is that this is a situation where collaborativeness is more the note than the competition. Sure. Right. This sure. is something that is in the context of a school environment mm-hmm. and you are still working on teams and you still have to, again, work together to get to that objective in the best way possible with the best points. Yeah. I think that that's a misconception in general that we get associated with STEM. We see a, a kid who's very kind of quiet and isolated and doesn't really want to work with others, just kind of wants to do his own thing. And you're like, you'd probably be a good uh, code monkey to sit in, a, sit in an office all day. But that's not the reality right. of computer no. engineering. Uh, working with a team and different disciplines and different uh, approaches is really an essential part to being successful in that environment. So by making sure that the team aspect is highlighted in a STEM environment and a STEM coding environment in particular, not only is beneficial for all the reasons that we've already talked about, but it's really beneficial for long-term career to genuinely show students of if this is something that you're interested in doing, this is really more a realistic uh, opportunity of what it's actually going to be like. Right. Yeah. And exactly. I know I think that's one of the sorry, I feel like I'm just talking but no, no, this no. is me talking. This is my job. That's, um, yeah, it's your job. <laughs> that's what we're here to do. Sorry, this is my first this time is, I've ever done one of these. Really? So, yeah. You're doing great. Oh, thank we're you. just having a conversation. I thought this was like you're you know, it's like you've done this a hundred times. Oh no, I just love talking to people. <laughs> well, um, we do too. Good. So, oh, so. is that why your podcast guys? We actually like <laughs> listening. That's oh, our that's our okay. the micro the micro sessions we get here are great. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's just fun conversations. Well so I've got to ask if our listeners want to reach out and pick your brain or find out more, what's the best way they can contact you? Absolutely. So you can always contact on us on all of our socials. Um, we're at GoCoderZ 
uh, that's C-O-D-E-R-Z, on all of our socials. So that's Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. You can find us and contact us any way of those channels. Uh, You can also visit our website at, or sorry, you can also visit our website, gocoderz.com. And there's plenty of opportunities there to explore our offerings and request a quote uh, and get in touch with someone who can talk you through all of these opportunities and really find the solution that fits for you. Sure. And your needs. So I have to ask if, you know, we've got a lot of teachers out there that are listening and they go, well, I want to talk to the teacher. So <laughs> can you share your personal or your, your, your email and maybe your contact yeah, information? Because they um, might want to talk to you. First. Oh, I love talking to people. Exactly. And I love talking to teachers. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, my email is Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-Y-N-N, at GoCoderZ.com. Awesome. Awesome. Ashlyn, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Have a great ISTE. I will. You do the same. Awesome. This episode sponsored by Coder Z. We believe STEM and computer science education are essential for the future and should be universally available to all kids. So we built a gamified coding platform that makes it easy for anyone to learn and teach using robots to bring the subject matter to life. Coder Z. We're passionate about creating educational impact. This Edutech Guys conversation was recorded live at ISTE 2022 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks for listening.